16-year-old daughter, Mary, on the ukulele. And Zichi, how cool is he? Amazing, amazing. Thanks, buddy. It's February 25th, 2018, and this is Chub Creek 182. Way back when, when we didn't have to think, come on in, don't be a dick. The boys on the farm didn't mean any harm. On the banks of Chub Good morning. It isn't, well, it is morning. It's like 5 to 12. And, oh man, I had such a great sleep. Uh, I was, um, I had a couple of crappy sleeps over the last couple of days. And um, I'm sorry, my voice is a bit rattly because I still feel, I've been awake for about, I don't know, what, I sleep until 9.30. And I've been slowly waking up. And I actually, you know, I just love my mornings uh, because I they're so selfish and I I can't sleep in very late but I you know 9.30 is really sleeping in for me and but even the laziness of getting up and you know Pete my cat which I'll, I'll probably talk about later because I got a funny story about Pete but when I wake up my cat you know, he can, he just somehow figures out when it's time for me to wake up. I'm just standing in my condo right now, actually, in case you're curious where I am. Looking at my hiking boots. They're on the counter. They're on the counter because I'm trying to unknot the laces and like too lazy to hold them while I do that. But, uh, and I'm trying to talk myself into going out. It's, 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 the weather is kind of, I don't even know, probably above freezing. And I don't see any snow and I like, Dave, you should go out get out of the house and go hiking somewhere or at least see what it's like do some recording do something so I'm talking myself into that but I, I was just having such a nice lazy kind of coffee morning reading the news so anyway yeah I wake up and somehow Pete knows it's time I don't know if he bases that on the sun's up or whether he kind of sees me kind of tossing around and starting to wake up or what but sometimes he gets it wrong that it's just actually not time. <laughs> and what he does is he, you know, he finds my hand. I think, I don't know which side I tend to wake up on. I think I wake up on my left side. So he finds my, my whatever hand. And he gets his nose and he kind of wants me to pet him, right? He wants me to put my hand on. He's kind of generally content if I, my arm lands, ends up laying on him. So he's like feeling like he's got being held. 
And then he, but in the mornings, he's really hungry too. Like, even though he's got food, he somehow thinks it's better that he gets new food. <laughs> like, it makes a really big difference for him. I don't know. I'm looking at the food and it's like, all right, that looks exactly the same as before I poured the new food on top of the old food. But he loves that and it's exciting for him. So he gets my hand on him and then, but he's not, he won't hold still and he kind of wants me to pet him and I'm too tired, I'm sleeping. And he'll kind of move back and forth on my arms, like going up and down because he's like pushing around. And then for some reason, he gets my hand situated on his ass. And I kind of asleep, so I don't actually know where my hand is. And I wake up and my hand is like rubbing against his ass. like, And he seems to be trying to position my hand so that it's like on his asshole. <laughs> You know, and I'm but not. I'm not even sure. That's just kind of my paranoia that he, I don't think I've actually caught him rubbing his asshole on my hand, but that's what it feels like he's trying to do. And it's just f- f- fucking gross. It's just so gross. And I wake up like, ah, fuck, get lost. And 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 or if that doesn't happen, he will. He's because he's hungry for the fresh, dry food that I give him for some reason. He's starving for it, and he's so hungry, he's drooling. He's like dripping like droplets of water on my hand. It's just gross. There's multi-level gross. When Pete wakes me up, Pete's looking at me like, who are you talking to? <laughs> what do you think, buddy? Hey? Yeah. Purr. You gonna purr? No? No. That was him rubbing his face on you. Yeah, so anyway, that was my morning. That was my exciting morning story. Um, but I'm just trying to talk myself into getting out of here. I think I'll probably... I lost to talk about, actually. So it'll probably be a good day to record. Um, I have... I even have meta things to talk about because I was kind of planning on rearranging how I do the show in 2018. This is the first one in 2018. Sorry, I called it a show. I, I, it bothers me that I call podcasts shows because they're not shows. They're not shows. They're It's some jackass with a recorder. But anyway, some of them are shows, I guess. Some of them are like big productions. This is not. Anyway, I'll probably keep doing it, so I should stop calling myself out. Um. So what was I talking about? Who cares? So lots to talk about. Hopefully I'll remember some of them. Uh, I was going to plan and structure this, but screw that. It's just not working. I keep mental blocking myself because I'm trying to do it differently. And I've just decided um, that you can't. You can't unless unless you're, you know, so serious about friggin' podcasting that, um, you know, you're planning to make money from it or something or be famous. You just, you know, who has time, right? So pick up the recorder, say hello, and uh, maybe we'll go on an adventure together. Okay. Uh, I don't know what I played for the intro. Hopefully I played Mary playing the ukulele. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I, I'm I so happy about Mary and the ukulele. I'll talk about it a little later too. Okay, let's go. Boots, got them sort of untangled. All right, let's go. Okay, so already I have a roadblock to my plan. So I'm putting on my boots, and I catch this whiff. What is that? And it's goddamn cat spray. Even though I had him fixed. I had his little balls snipped right off. 
Even though I did that, somehow, sometimes, once in a blue moon, he will decide that, oh, that needs piss on it. Or whatever the hell that stink comes, whatever gland, I don't know where it comes, I don't understand it, I don't know why. Every once in a while, Pete decides. And on the place doesn't, you know, he doesn't do it. it. The place doesn't stink like that. But once in a while, and he's decided to do it on both goddamn pairs of my hiking boots. I have two pairs. Both of them cost over $150. And he's fucking pissed on both of them. So, Pete, you're not, this is not, I'm not happy with you. You stay under there. You stay under that goddamn stool. Urgh. So, you know, you can't get that out. I don't care what you try. I mean, I will try, but I don't care what, anything I've tried, you can't get that goddamn stink out. It is nasty. It's the worst, nastiest, nastiest stink. Anyway. So, today's mission has changed. Well, either that, maybe I'll, yeah. So what I could do is just put on some more uncomfortable shoes. I do have, I think I have some runners. I'll put those on. Sneakers, for those of you in the States. What do you guys call them? Sneakers, right? Here we call them runners, for some reason. Um, and uh, Or I could go on an adventure of buying new hiking boots. And wasting money. Uh, okay, anyway. That's the next chapter. This car is so cool. I don't know if I told you. It's got a... Remote car starter, so cool. I can actually start my car from the window, which is like the greatest gift almost in my whole life in terms of improving my Canadian winter life. So I can just kind of wave. It must look funny because I stick my uh, I stick my my uh, hand out the window and I can't see my car because it's in the parkade. But I would, but it's all it's on the ground floor, so there is a open kind of hole to to the car so the the you know the beam can bounce around and somehow because I tried it one day and it worked I couldn't believe it so I stick my arm out the window and kind of wave it around in the general direction of my car and I have to do a two key sequence to do it so it must look really funny this arm <laughs> it's about eight o'clock in the morning this arm comes out the window waves around for no reason twice and then the window shuts So I got, I found some, some, what do they call them in the UK? I found some trainers. Oh, somebody pulling out. And uh, they don't seem to stink. I mean, I, I've, what I realized is he must have smelled the outdoors on my hiking boots. And I had them in the closet, in my coat closet in the corner. And I don't know, the little corner, there's some, one of the coats had fallen down on top of the shoes over in the corner. I didn't even notice that. And so that whole kind of area I'm suspicious of now, so deal with that when I get home for sure. But I'm out of here for now. It is so, I'm so ready because it's February now. I apologize. I've been a little lazy on the podcast, but I, it's because of the weather. It's because it's just like, you know, I don't like recording in the car. I don't like recording just sitting at home. I like to be out somewhere and, it, you know, somewhere interesting. And um, I won't ramble on too much because I wasn't even planning on starting until I had something to say. But um, so today it's, what's the temperature right now? 
four degrees. It's actually four. So what's that in? I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. You got a phone. Figure it out. It's above freezing. That's you know that's why Celsius is useful because zero is freezing. Anything above zero is not freezing. So it's four degrees, not freezing. Things are melting, and I don't see any snow on the ground whatsoever because it's been raining, and it's like this is like middle of February. What's today? February the. What isn't your? Oh, there it is. February twenty fourth. I wish that iPhone was a little more customizable. Because uh, when I push it, the button, I want to see. This is why people probably love Samsung because you can customize the shit out of it. But iPhone, you see what time it is, and what day of the week it is, and the date. And that's it. If I want to know what the weather is, or I don't know, it does show you recent emails and stuff. I think you can set it up, but. I'd love to see a whole lot more info just by pushing that button. Um, anyway, uh, so I'm just on my way right now to uh, McDonald's because I have it in my head that I need an Egg McMuffin and this McDonald's will serve Egg McMuffins all day long. And I just want one. I'm starving. And I want a large double-double. So more on that later. Hi, can I get a uh, egg McMuffin and a hash brown and a large double double? Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and make that a combo. A large coffee double double. Sounds like Anything a good else? idea. Uh, no. Seven fifty-seven first window. Thanks. What difference does that make? I don't get. It. Is it cheaper? So what? Then make it cheaper. Why do I have to say? Why do I have to say that it's a combo? <laughs> it's endless. Everyone has had this in their heads, like. Why are you asking me? No, I want it to be more expensive. Please make it more expensive and don't call it a combo. Anyway, smart ass, right? Smart ass. Hi. Thanks. It's just a little too easy to... I, I used my phone there and used Apple Pay. It's just a little too easy to have money magically come out of your phone, isn't it? All right. Thanks. And other thing is the coffee. A large coffee is like the size of a oil tanker. It's massive. And I always and I forget that. And I think ah, should have shorter the smaller ones. So now I've got this gigantic. I'm gonna be wanting to pee my pants on the trail. Anyway, that was the uh, drive-through adventure. Sorry for using the drive-through, but I thought. I thought that it would be funny. Hey, talk to you soon.
So I don't want to. I don't want to be a. You know, I don't want to be a downer or anything. But it's in, it's on my mind. Is it okay if we talk about Donald Trump just for a bit? I mean, if you're if you're a Trump fan, um, you know, I kind of don't care. I, I I think you shouldn't be listening to this because I'm not. And that was negative. But this is all going to be kind of negative and sour anyway. So if you don't want to talk about sour stuff, skip forward. But anyway, so the the Florida mass shooting, right? So. Um, I don't have any profound thoughts, but I just wanted to kind of chew through it a little bit and make some observations. Um, you know, so one of them is, um, you know, there's this kid and he's messed up, whatever. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm really actually curious, um, about the thought process really, um, I don't personally believe in, and this, you may differ on me on these few points, I don't believe in evil. Um, it's a construct to me of, of uh, humans who think that um, there's you know, some sort of, uh, I don't know, spiritual being judging us and, you know, dividing us into pockets of evil and not evil. And um, it doesn't make any sense to me, you know, in a universe where... Uh, <laughs> in the universe, we know where there's particles floating around, uh, you know, and bouncing into each other, being attracted to each other, and forming into complex things, and somehow making life. Um, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. So, the idea that this kid's evil sort of depends on what you mean. Like, it, 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 was was he uh, intent on killing people without any empathy, sympathy for them? Um, was he antisocial? Was he, um, you know, needed help? Something wrong with his brain? Of course. Um, does it mean he's, you know, evil? No. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so that's one thing. It's not about rooting out evil. It's about figuring out what's in these kids' heads, and probably what's, you know, to me, most likely, what's wrong with either their upbringing or their brains, probably their brains, you know, they're, for sure, the the center in your brain that processes feelings like empathy can just be missing, and then all there is left is how much restraint you have and how much fear you have of repercussion, and if the, uh, you know, if if the overpowering feeling you have, you know, if you have a, um, a fetish for eating wild grass, um, you're probably going to go sneak out into the field and you'll have a mouthful of grass, you know, but if you're, if you're, if you're fetish, that your, your, your secret desire is to murder people, mass people, you know, it doesn't seem to be, I don't ever see a pattern of it's all women, it's all men, it's all old, it's all young, it's just like whoever, it seems to be, um, then you're going to do it unless you're afraid. So unless, you, unless number one, you have too much empathy or sympathy for people, or if you're afraid of the consequences. And so I feel like this, you know, this person had broken brain without fear of consequence, or at least with not enough, and no empathy in his uh, in his mind for other people, and a deep desire to, you know, like a, a perversion that made murdering people you know, attractive. And to me, it's as simple as that. Plus, 
plus the ability to do it. And those are two things, and they're very simple to me. They're very simple things, and you got to remove both. Uh, I think it'd be great to, you know, the easy answer is, um, and as I'm speaking to Americans when I say this, um, you give your heads a shake. Come on, look. Look at other countries. I mean, if you're still on the fence, and I know you're not, if you're listening to me, you're not on the fence. You know, I know that our politics must be similar. Uh, and so I'm not blaming anybody uh, who I'm talking to right now. But I'm thinking of those folks who are on the fence about, well, I don't know, I need the, 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 I need the right to bear arms just in case I need to overthrow the government. And, and you know, because the forefathers, <laughs> our forefathers decided that that uh, that would be a good right to have. And, you know, God knows um, you know, current events is exactly the same as they were. The way things are now are exactly the same as they were in the uh, 1700s, whatever it was. Um, that's ridiculous, right? Like, you're not going to overthrow your government. You're not going to, sure, you know, I, I can kind of understand the idea that maybe you need to have a gun somewhere in your house. Um, even that is a bit ridiculous to me, but I can I can kind of understand that at least a little bit. But, you know, if you if you need to shoot machine guns and you need, because I get it, I grew up, my, my dad was um, very wise about teaching me what guns are about and what killing things is about and I learned all that and I made my own decisions about it uh, I understand the thrill of shooting stuff up I get it um, hey put it on a rifle range have people you know uh, able to go and do that you don't need an AK-47 you don't need an AR whatchamacallit you don't need an M6 I don't know what the fucking numbers are you don't need that in your house and you certainly don't need it you don't need to give uh you know children the ability to have these things you know like why not go the whole way why why stop there why don't you start uh, thinking about selling kids hand grenades they may need those to defend their country or hey you know what maybe we should just make nuclear weapons available to everybody give everybody a a, a football it's just stupid logic right so there does have to be a cutoff. It's not even hard to argue it. It's like, wow, there must be some powerful politics. Money. It's usually the money. My mother was very wisely said that. Follow the money. And definitely the money leads to the National Rifle Association and all the gun manufacturers who make trillions of dollars, I'm sure, annually on the sales of guns and on the sales of, uh, of other products that they also make, like bike helmets and bulletproof vests and stuff like that that just helps their company make guns. Anyway, so that's kind of one thing is obviously it's about the guns. And obviously, you know, I say this again to America, the Americans who aren't listening to me, um, look at other countries, look at Canada, look at all the mass shootings happening here, uh, which to my knowledge is zero. And the differences between our countries is, yeah, there's some cultural differences. But, you know, there's lots of assholes here, too. There's lots of kind of gun maniacs here, too. But, you know, you can't get your hands on a military-grade rifle. You can't get your hands on something that'll let you murder, you know, 30 people in the space of six minutes or hundreds. I was watching Chris Rock last night, and I, I know that he must have recorded this, uh, this comedy special before the latest mass shooting because he uh, it started off pretty tone deaf because uh, he was saying it's about time cops started to kill white people white kids instead of black people and you know the whole piece started off kind of saying 
white kids should be shot instead. And, and I know that if he knew this mass shooting was going to happen, he probably wouldn't have said it like that. But um, one great point that he made, and I love the way he put it, and watch the special if you want. Um, he said, so, you know, something like, obviously, the problem is being able to shoot lots of people, like 100 people, in, in three minutes. Because he was talking, I think, about the, uh, <clears throat> the one in Las Vegas. And then he would say, yeah, the counter-argument of people say, yeah, he could have murdered the same amount of people with a knife. And Chris Rock tried to, to act that out and tried to make sense of that comment because he imagined it. He said, okay, let's just act this out. Okay, oh, hey, ooh, someone got stabbed. Oh, someone else got stabbed. Oh, a third person got stabbed. And he says, you know what, if 100 people were murdered by knife, that just indicates about 97 people that deserve to die. <laughs> it's so true. Like, obviously, you know, yes, you can probably kill a few people with a knife, but for sure, you know, somebody probably will do something after after a little while. They probably won't all watch, you know? I mean, but what do I know? But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, and then the other thing to say about this, this is kind of a three-parter, the, that was part one about the guns and the, and the disturbed young, you know, fuckhead. And then doesn't he look weird too? Like you can almost see that his brain, something wrong with his brain. Maybe this is a very tactless thing to say, but just look at him. Look at his face. His eyes are, you know how your eyeballs are really part of your brain? They're actually hardwired right into, like there's, a, there's, there's a wires that go right into your brain. If you pull out your brain, your eyeballs are part of it. Look at his eyes. They're like twisted weird. They're just like, there's something malformed about his face, which, you know, is awful to say, but I just think that he's just got a malformed, twisted brain too, right? You don't know. I feel like this is a common thing when you look at these mass shooters. It's like something's messed up in their face too. Um, and the second thing to say is that, you know, the same week, just a day ago, I think it was last night, uh, you know, Donald Trump is talking to, I don't know, what is it, CPAC? And he says something like, you know, so I have this beautiful, beautiful speech. Eh, but it's kind of boring. So, you know, I wanted to just talk about how the media is corrupt. Terrible, terrible, terrible media. I don't know why I'm doing a Donald Trump impression that doesn't sound like him whatsoever, but that's the way it is. And and he says, but look at my hair. And he proceeds to just kind of turn around and talk about how he, he's got a bald spot, but he's doing a good job of hiding it. That's what he thought the world needed to hear. That's your president. That's the presidential moment. That's the inspiration. Holy shit. That's, who the, that's the most powerful guy in the world. I actually had to sit and, and kind of just process it. You know, that's the craziest shit I've ever seen. Like, holy shit. You know, a young guy just got a hold of an assault rifle, murdered a big chunk of his school, and right afterwards, Donald Trump figures a good thing to do is talk about his hair. You know, can you even can you even process that? Anyway... And then so we hear, here we are in, in places like Canada. My relatives are all talking about it. I'm talking about it. 
America is kind of entertaining to us, you know. It's just, it's like, it's like Canada. It's probably the same in the UK. It's like, it's like, it's like us because the language is the same. It's a lot of the cultural things are the same. But there's this weird shit happening. It's like, it's like watching a fantasy version of your own country on television. It's like watching reality TV. You know, it really is sometimes. America is so crazy. The stuff that happens there is like, holy shit, have you seen what's going on in America? It's, you know, not that crazy things don't happen here, but wow, it's just really, really, it's great, great entertainment. Tragic and all. Um, but here is, here's Donald Trump talking about his hair. Which, by the way, and, and just before I move on to part three, the other thing to say there... Am I recording? I better be. I can't tell. Um, is that... Let me just check it. Now I'm paranoid about it. If you haven't read his, that, that book by uh, Wolf, I read it. And my favorite part is where Ivanka, his daughter... Yeah, I am recording. His daughter talks fully on, full on, discloses how he arranges his little crown of hairpiece hair. And it's beautiful. It's like he has a completely shiny bald pate surrounded by friar, almost friar tuck like, surrounded by a ring of hair, <laughs> right? That he fully processes with hairspray into a complete covering where he brings up all of the crown of hair around it up to the middle and pulls it backward and combs it over. Wow. I mean, that is a guy who... Can you imagine? And, like, it's all surgical. Like, he's, he's had a hair scalp reduction, like, the whole business because he's so terrified of his scalp, which is incredible to me because, you know, I don't get it. I know a lot of you probably are sensitive about your forehead. I understand. But, you know, I, I can talk about this because I am follically challenged myself. And, you know, I got over that when I was about 25. I, I looked, you know, I think it was my girlfriend at the time. It shocked me. She looked at me and she said, oh, you have a, I didn't know you have a receding. My girlfriend, Tracy, she said, I didn't know you had a receding hairline. And I looked at her and I said, uh, I think I just laughed. But inward, inwardly, I was thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. My hair is going. You know, and then I became sensitive about wind blowing and like, you know, um, but eventually you just like, ah, screw it, right? And you just, it doesn't matter. Like I, I shave my head pretty much bald. I, I, it's, I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm ruining my image of myself for you, but you know, I, I put on the number two on the razor and, zzz, and it's easy. So easy to do my hair in the morning. It's awesome. It's very, very, very handy. It's just a little bit tough in the winter. But I don't know. I like the way I look. I don't care. Uh, women don't seem to care. It's, it's um, you know, I don't know. I'm sure a, a, you know, a perfectly sculpted, beautiful head of hair is attractive to women, but I don't give a shit. Anyway, here's Donald with his ring of thorns on his head with hairspray. And then when he's walking up the ramp to his aircraft and the wind's blowing... It kind of takes off into this tongue-like licking swoosh. This curling swoosh. It's just like stringy at the ends, and it just kind of looks like a big cow licked his head. And you think, man, if, if that 
that's your idea of better than just man Donald just get a number two and shave it shave it off you probably look a lot better I bet you look alright too no and also Ivanka said the other funny thing about this is Ivanka said and, and the color the color of his hair this is from that book um what's that book called I forget um Oh, that's gonna drive me crazy now, isn't it? Uh, it's, it was. Uh, doesn't matter. Future Dave will it's tell fire me. Fire and fury. I was gonna say. Uh, um, I was gonna say shock and awe. Is that he? He uses this just for men. Hair dye, and he not. He's not patient enough to leave it in very long because the longer you leave it in, the darker it gets, and so he ends up with this golden mane. And if you and if you really want to have a laugh, just Google. I promise you this is worth it. Just Google Trump's mother. I think her name's Mary. Mary Trump. And you will see the most gloriously Trump-like photo of a woman with hair that looks like a cartoon. And, and, and you go, oh, aha, I get it. You get it. You understand. <laughs> you understand Trump with his hair. Holy shit. You should look at that. Okay, and then the third thing. Sorry to make this a little long, this chunk. Is that over in Syria, you know, and it's uh, sobering and kind of nasty to bring this up, right? But hey, tough shit. 500 people were killed recently by Assad's military by bombing a stronghold of the uh, rebellious probably Al-Qaeda-linked rebel group, but who isn't, you know, in a city. And so they bomb the city, and 500 people are dead, and about 125 of those are kids. And there's not going to be a Me Too movement or a uh, Time's Up. What is the, the shooting? There's a movement. The kids are calling it something, which is great, because um, hang on, I'm trying to not hit a cop here. He's sticking his ass into the lane, talking to someone, giving him a ticket. Um, and I love it. I love the Me Too movement. It's incredible. The the students talking out and making a big, finally, a wave of change is incredible. I don't know what the hashtag is for that yet. Um, oh, I know what it is. Never again, I think they've called it. Hashtag never again. Wonderful stuff. But there's no hashtag for Syria. We just kind of don't give a shit. I, I'm not, I mean, maybe I'm being cynical. Maybe we do. But, you know, the whole world pays attention when, you know, some privileged white kid shoots up 17 others or more. Uh, you know, but when a whole city is bombed by its own government, we just kind of shrug. And that's not really cool. And I am just as guilty as everyone else. But I need to talk about it to process it, you know. I don't know the answer. I'm just kind of shining a light on it. Anyway, I probably should have done that in a different order so we could end that thinking about Donald's beautiful forehead. But, uh... Do what you will. Do what you will with that. Anyway, onward.
Mm. Ethel, what's wrong with this lettuce? Ed, have some salad, Mummy. Mummy? Mm. Gail, Ethel's talking Ed, to you. What are you talking about? Try some salad, Mummy. Yeah, thank you. Ethel, why is the lettuce chewy? Ed, it's not lettuce, it's kale. Quail? Ed, it's kale. Kale? What? He wasn't saying your name, Mummy. Ethel, did you put your mother in the salad? <laughs> did you put, you put Gail in the salad? That's why it's tough as a boiled owl. Stop it. The lettuce is a little chewy. Oh, for heaven's sakes, it's kale. It's chewy because it's kale. It's good for you. Eat it. I still like lettuce. Ed, I made jello salad just for you. Eat that. Oh. I love you, Ethel. I love you too, Ed. Could I have some jello? So, I'm out in, uh, in Mono Cliffs, out near Orangeville. Come on out here if you want a great hike. It's a nice place to just kind of explore. Listen to that. It's just... There's ice on the trail, so it's really treacherous. I gotta turn the sensitivity down, hang on. Folks are in Florida. This is for you guys. Although you'll probably be back by the time you hear this. Let's try not to fall down. That's so neat. I've done this since I was a kid. It's cool photographs too. been too loud. There, there's your sound seeing. Sound seeing tour of February hiking. Turn this up again. Yeah, I almost went down, but twice, but uh, not yet. Um, yeah, so I'm out here on Monocliffs. Uh, actually, this suddenly there's no snow right here. It's just squishy mud. So here's more sound effects for you.
<laughs> so, so I'm mad at Pete even more because these are not waterproof, these running shoes. And I'm gonna have crappy, soggy, cold feet by the time this is done. But, uh, it's all in the name of podcasting and fitness and photography. So I have the most hilarious windsock on this 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 recorder. It's uh, it looks like a, one of those trolls. It's absolutely huge. It's about six inches or seven inches wide. <laughs> it's like a great big wig. It's like Donald Trump's hair on top of my microphone. So I thought I'd just pause here and chat a bit. Um, I want to thank Zeech. So, so Zeech, he sent me this really cool audio audio um, comment or audio recording, just of some of his thoughts. And uh, he was very self-deprecating, which we all are when we're recording. We think we're rambling on, and we think nobody cares, and we think everybody's going to get bored. And whether they are or they're not, um, I thought it was great. Uh, I loved listening to to your comments, Zeech. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. It meant so much. I actually sent that to my parents um, because uh, they love to follow what happens on this this podcast. And uh, they thought it was uh, just so cool that, you know, that people can... Uh, it's just funny. We're used to connecting with each other across the world. But for some reason, this kind of connection, it's deeper and different and um, two-sided, two-ways, two-way. And just the idea of... You know, you and I connecting and contributing to each other's lives in the way that we do, um, all the way to, to, uh, I think you were in New Zealand when you recorded, weren't you? Or were you in Britain? Um, I've forgotten, but, uh, I think that's just amazing. Um, but one thing that he did mention that I, uh, I think is really a good point is to, you know, just in, in the name of getting, you know, podcasts out there and just to have a regular cadence, is to not fuss too much about editing. And I agree. And believe me, brother, <laughs> you know, I don't edit much. Um, what I have decided to do is do what I find enjoyable, which is take my time, um, go back and listen to it and add things where it's funny and not make a big production out of it, but I also like that. So the enjoyment of adding a little bit of production value is actually a plus for me, even if it slows it down a bit, you know? So I imagine when I'm done here, I'll go back and listen and edit, set, edit, edit it all together. And But what I don't do is edit myself almost ever, unless I say something really insensitive and I think, ah, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Almost never do I clip anything out. Um, so the only two things I do, one is I don't include any of the things I said. I just don't include a whole chunk or edit out, as I said, something insensitive. But other than that, man, you're hearing it as it happens. <laughs> you guys are hearing whatever comes out of my brain through my mouth into the airwaves or whatever waves these are. That's what you get. And it's good. It's a good point, And I agree. I also disagree that you wouldn't make a great podcaster, man. I think you do a, an awesome job. I remember throwing, uh, he was he was just responding to something I threw at him a year or two ago or more about him and I uh, doing something together. Um, I think I said the same thing to Marvin once. Uh, 
but you know those things take a lot of organization and nobody bothers and it's just hard but uh, anytime man if you want to send something uh, for me to put on here please do I'd love to same with anybody um, if any of you guys want to want to put something out there on Chub Creek it'd be fun for me um, oh and I want to thank Marvin too so Marvin suicide.org is hilarious as I've always told you but uh, so the last I sent him a, an intro to his last podcast which was fun and he used it and then his following episode he used it again and uh, that was even funnier because I love how he just does what he wants he, he doesn't care what people think he just does it um, but anyway you're very kind to do that and thank you for saying all those awesome things about this about nothing podcast but so cool to hear from out here in the wilderness. I want to crush some more of that ice. Oh, there's none of it here. Um, so what is this part three? I've decided to make sure I do four parts. So this is part three. Not like I was saying before, part three of one subject. This is part three of the podcast. I was going to do, I was going to steal from Dana from Blarm. I don't know if you've ever heard of Blarm. I used to love that podcast of hers, and she would break it down into parts, each part starting with one letter of the name of her show, so B-L-A-R-L-M, B-L-A-R-M, and her first one was beginning, and I wanted to steal that, but I just could not figure it out, I, I had people helping me, my folks were helping me, like, what can I make stand for C, cool, um, crazy... H was what? Humor? And it just became, you know, to Zichi's point, it became this big chore. And I started overthinking and it just caused a whole month of delays. So I just didn't, I just ditching that. But I do like the idea of breaking it into four parts and having something to say. At least a subject matter to kind of act as a magnet that I can hover around. And uh, this, what I wanted to talk about this time was dating. And if you don't want to talk about dating, and if you don't want to hear me talk about my dating experience, uh, and I don't man plan to kiss and tell or give gory details or anything like that, and there's nobody's names, and and uh, but this one particular thing that happened was pretty funny, and uh, I thought you'd get a laugh out of it. So if you don't want to hear about that, move on to part four. Anyway, so. I go on these dating apps. Um, one of them's called Bumble. You know, I'm I'm kind of tired of eating alone. Essentially, I'm looking for some company for sure. Um, I like my life, and I like having all my free time. And I know some of my friends say my favorite time is when the <laughs> the husband or the wife is gone. And I get it because I do enjoy my alone time. But you know, companions, company, all the rest. So I'm looking to see what happens. And I've been dating. I've been going on first dates. I've had, I don't know, nine or ten this year. And all to no effect. All to, like, I just, in the end, I don't know if I'm too picky or if I'm just a jerk, but I just, you know, you meet somebody and you're like, oh, <laughs> you're not, I'm just not feeling this. And, you know, thanks, bye, at the end, you know. Um, it's, all, it's awful, but it's just kind of what you have to do. You can't compromise. But anyway, I went on this date, met at, uh, at a restaurant in, a, in, a, in the bar section, and uh, it seemed pretty cool. She was from India, and she told me she had a, uh, a jewelry business and that 
Um, she uh, used to be a nun. And I thought, wow. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting story. That's a great subject. That's a great conversation starter. Curious about that. Was a nun in India for like many years. All right. Game on. <laughs> and so we meet. And uh, really weird because we actually met by coincidence in the same... Um, I don't even know how to describe it. I had trouble parking, and so I found this grocery store, and I went into their parkade, and I knew it would be open, and I went all the way up to the main causeway and the main area, and there's all these other, and uh, just by coincidence, she happened to be there too, and it was just weird, because the chances were, you know, one in a million. We walked to the restaurant together, and she was very nice, um, very pretty, um, not quite my age, and... Um, we got, we, we sat down and we had, had a, had a glass of wine. I had a beer and we started chatting and I noticed it was a little bit one-sided. Um, I was trying to ask, I was asking questions as I know to do and getting one sentence answers. And then after maybe a glass of wine or so, she started to loosen up. And then she told me she made her first million at age 25. And I thought, wow, I nun millionaire. <laughs> if nothing else, it's a great story. And then uh, as the conversation went on, and I it was still having this trouble getting her to open up and talk much, and finally she admits to me that she has autism. And it's a, some sort of mild form of it. And form that prevents her from you know, conversation, like troubles with conversation. I said, oh, that, that's, I understand. And I have no problems with that. She seems to be, you know, anyone who has the capacities to be a millionaire and, um, you know, has been a nun and seems to be a regularly functioning adult, no problems. Uh, it's just interesting. And, and so, you know, the, the day went on and then it was uh, time to go. And so I offered to give her a ride home, and so she, she gladly accepted that because she had taken an Uber. And then, so I drive her home and let her out the door, kiss on the cheek, nothing too serious, and uh, she says to me, I thought that was lovely, I'd, I, I would love to do that again. And I said, me too, I hope so. And she says, yes, I hope so too. And then... And then I go home. The next day, <laughs> silence, no texts. And I thought, all right, I'll leave it in her court. Another day goes by and I kind of think, what the hell? And so I, 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 my willpower disappears and I text her, so can't wait to see you again. What did, what's going on? What did you think? And she said, um, because in the conversation it had come out that I have a cat. And it seems like this podcast has a theme uh, I remember her mentioning during the date uh, that I had a cat, and then I remember her saying she was a, she was afraid of cats. Something happened when she was young. A cat attacked her when she was young, or something. And her next text was, "I'm sorry, you're having a cat as a deal breaker." <laughs> 
And I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, what? Are you kidding me? I could put him in his cage. I could close him into the room. I could, like, surely it doesn't end all possibility of a relationship, somebody having a cat. But that was the end of it. That was the end of it. And I'm, once again, it is really hard. The dating world is really tough, you know, and I, I don't know. I, so I go into little spurts where I try again, and then I thought, oh, Jesus, why bother? So that's kind of where I am now. But I thought that was a funny story. And uh, sorry if that's too much info, but it's my podcast, so you got to deal with it. The Millionaire Autistic, the Autistic Millionaire Nun. I almost want to name the podcast that, but I think that would be kind of mean. Anyway, she was lovely. I had a great time. Don't mean to judge. Don't mean to kiss and tell, but there wasn't any kissing. So there ain't no telling.
So you want to talk about technology a little bit before we go? A few things, I think, that will come to mind. One of them is Apple. Now, if you're not an Apple fan, this will bore you. I'm sorry, but... Maybe this is old news. But, you know, John Ives, he's the... uh, What is he? He's the uh, vice president of design or industrial designer. You know, he's the guy... Johnny Ives is... He's the guy who invented the beautiful shapes of all the Apple products and the packaging and all that. And, uh, you know, like the shape of the iPhone, the shape of the iMac, um, and that silly home speaker, which apparently sounds great, but it's just a dumb release. I'm just kind of irritated with Apple lately. And, you know, I'll start with the phone, like the phone, iPhone X. Maybe you have it. I'm sorry, Johnny, but that friggin' notch is the dumbest design implement I've ever seen. I've never seen anything stupider on a phone. And come on, you can't. And the face ID, apparently you've got, I haven't, I don't have the phone, but I've heard reviews and, you know, you've got to lift it to your face. You know, when you're sitting there at your computer or you're sitting there with, you know, vegging on the couch and your phone's beside you and you just kind of thumb over the uh, fingerprint ID and you use your phone to check email or text or something. You do it a thousand times a day. And imagine... You've got to lift it and look at it. I mean, yeah, amazing technology and everything. But, come on. Just dumb. Dumb design, dumb little silly technology for the sake of technology is not not good. Um, I'll turn this down. And even the dumb-looking ear pods. What are they called? There's, There's wireless... Like, all that technology because people don't want to have a wire in between them. Put a wire in between them, for heaven's sakes. Why bother? You're going to lose one. And they look stupid. They look like you got snot hanging out of your ears. should have called them the, the snot pods. They're just dumb. But apparently they work beautifully. You take them out of the package and then hold them near the phone and they just work. It's the way Apple should. It's just silly. And uh, I've also just noticed that in general, and maybe I would have noticed it when Steve Jobs was still alive, I don't know. Sorry, there's a lot of crunchy snow here. I maybe won't walk while I'm talking. And uh, I'm just noticing dumb things, and I can't think of one right off the top of my head, but I'm noticing that stupid little beach ball, which by the way is the dumbest icon for hurry up and wait. I mean, it's 10 years old or 15, 20 years old. Get rid of it. The little spinning beach ball happens way too much lately. It, all of a sudden, everything stops, and there's a beach ball. And I'm do- Like, your phone doesn't do that. Like, why is it different? Why haven't they figured it out? <laughs> and I, I love Apple, and you know I do. And I know that everybody would still be hating their phones and their computers without Apple. Making it simpler and showing the way. Fall down here, but um, those things, and then that HomePod. So everyone's crazy about the Alexa and the. Is that, I don't remember which is which. So Alexa is Amazon, is it, or is it, or is it Google, whatever. So apparently it's quite useful. I still say that, you know, you can say who's winning the the so and so game and who what's the weather and. 
check my messages, but I can do that by talking to my phone right now. So I don't quite understand the appeal, but apparently it's great. I don't think people are using their, talking to their phones as much in the Samsung world and other worlds as they are with Apple. I talk to my phone all the time and it just usually tells me what I want to know. Definitely series not. It was cool when it came out and everyone was shocked because there was nothing like that. But they're not, you know, they're not hurrying it forward. They're not making it incredible. They're starting to release products just because they can rather than thinking of the why. You know, why does anyone need this and do it because they didn't even know they wanted it. And it's changing their lives so much. But series is kind of dumb anyway. And and then this, so there's Alexa and Google and um and then Apple, you know, forever, takes forever to come out with this, what do they call it? HomePod? It's Pods. What's with Pods? Stupid name. And the thing looks dumb. Technology, the sound technology is great. It's very similar to some really high-end systems that listen to the room and adjust based on the shape of the sound waves coming back. But... You know, it's very locked into the Apple ecosystem, which I don't care because I'm locked into it too and it's a good ecosystem for me. But, you know, it just doesn't do basic stuff that the Alexa one does. It doesn't even do what your phone can do, put that way. It's dumb. It's just stupid, ill-advised. I think they need to get rid of, um, of uh, what's-his-face, the gray-haired guy who runs, it, who runs it now. I just don't think he's, he's, uh, I don't think he's a visionary. And he's a businessman, and I don't know <laughs> what Steve Jobs was thinking, putting him in the chair. Whoa. I don't know. I think maybe it should have been John Ives. Maybe he doesn't have what it takes. I just, you know what? Visionaries come around once in a blue moon. Elon Musk, which I'll move to in a second, is one of them. But uh, Cook, that's his name. Cook is just not a visionary. He's a nice guy. Really nice, from what I can tell. Not a good presenter. Am I right? <laughs> he's just not. He's not Steve Jobs at all. Um, a lot of them were kind of crappy at presenting. But when Steve came on, he just made you interested. And he had this crescendo at the end. And it was just wonderful. And he had something to talk about. You know, when they come up these days, the oh, we've updated the phone. It looks the same, but it's like Tinder. It's never revolutionary anymore. You know, and who needs emoticons that move with your face? I mean, yes, it's cool, but you don't have to talk about it. Just throw it in there and make people discover it. Don't make that the main reason you need a $1,000 phone. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. Anyway, that's Apple. It's bugging me. And then, adjusting my hat. It's for your sound seeing experiences. Um... And then Elon. So a lot of people like to hate on Elon because uh, because he's kind of connected to the green movement. But um, <laughs> if you have a problem with uh, um, creating products that are have low emissions, I think you're going to readjust your priorities. Um, but the, what he's doing is just as visionary as Steve Jobs and more, much more. He launches a rocket that then flies back home and lands. Did you see that, um, what do they call it? What's the nine, the uh, something nine, the penis nine, whatever it's called. <laughs> the trio, triple penis nine. The two booster rockets land perfectly within seconds of each other. It was glorious. It was like science fiction. I almost didn't even believe it. It looked like it was CGI. 
and uh, crazy. And he, and, he, and he, you know, he pushes an electric car into space just because he can. And not because of marketing, not that it hurt, but just because, you know, that's his favorite car. <laughs> and it'd be cool to put a spaceman in space with a car. Awesome. Amazing. And he's making a vacuum tunnel that you can put a train in that has zero air resistance. So you can get on the train and go from L.A. to New York in, you know, 30 minutes or whatever it is. It's going to travel like 700, 800 miles an hour or something like that. Don't quote me. <laughs> but um, and he invented things like PayPal, and he's just a really cool... He's one of the visionaries, you know? He's one of the few. Jeff Bezos is another one. He's uh, he's changing the way people shop. He's changed the way I shop. I've just tweaked onto that um, new... Not new, but new to me website called Alibaba, which is like Amazon for Asia, but it's more... It's, I think it's bigger. I don't know if it's bigger, but it's definitely more, it's deeper. They will apparently throw in a little surprise for you in the box. You got to make sure you check the box, you know, when you order something. It's just a whole level, other level of experience. But technology is, uh, and then there's AI. So I've told you my car will stay behind the car in front of me at a certain distance. Uh, and, and it will um, steer itself to a degree. It will go around corners. I can just take my hands and put them up my nose if I want to, and the car will stay on the road. It will stop itself from departing the lane. It will um, put on the wipers if there's rain. It will go to high beams if there's no cars coming. Um, that's the beginning of AI, right? And uh, it seems like you know rudimentary stuff. But that is going to be like, I've talked about it last time, but that's going to be like a hockey stick of growth. Uh, and a little scary, you know. And then one piece of the opposite, not the opposite, a really wonderful piece of technology combined with analog. <laughs> so at work I do a lot, I make a lot of notes and I never read my own notes and they're always, I'm ne I can never find my book and I, I have like eight books going. I ordered this thing, probably on Amazon. It's a sheet of about five pieces of paper, ring bound, and it's plastic. The paper is very, very kind of thick plastic, and it comes with this pen. And you write on it; it just feels like writing on paper. And there's it's real ink, and you're writing on it with ink, and uh, uh, it dries very quickly. I remember trying the smudge test. After about one second, it smudged, and after about four seconds, it didn't. And then you hold your phone over it using their, their app. It sees the page, and it goes, doop, takes a picture, and it catalogs it for you. And there's a little QR code to keep it organized. And then you can just take a wet cloth, damp cloth. This would be a little bit wet, actually. Uh, and you wipe it clean. It comes perfectly clean, and you can use it over and over again. And all your notes, after you've taken the picture, all your notes are in your phone. And I think that's revolutionary. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's brilliant. So I'm going to try it. I've ordered, I, the one I ordered is too big, actually, like a littler notepad. So I'm going to get another one. But that's amazing to me. So technology. Whoa. So I think I'm going to head back because it's just not a very pleasant walk, honestly. It's just a little too dangerous and a little too scrickly dickly and slippery dipperly. Wow. 
So we're gonna park it here. And I think that was four parts. So that's the end of part four. And I hope you enjoyed Chub Creek. Um, I think the last part of this is maybe telling you what the songs were. So I'll pass it over to Butthead. Bye. Have a nice time with your life. Check out Chub Creek. Go and have a listen. It's really good. Good tunes. Good times. There you go. New slogan for you there, Dave. Chub Creek. Good times. And I know. Good, good music. Good times. With Dave on Chub Creek. Right. See you later. <laughs> I'm a bit lost without any background noise. Okay, well, I'll just end it. Bye.